Episode 24 of Outlander Cast is brought to you by the Tag Your It Etsy shop. From Outlander-inspired necklaces and rings to custom designs for a birthday, anniversary, or any occasion, every piece is created by Dawn, one letter at a time, and is one of a kind. Please take the time to visit Dawn at www.tagurit.biz, that's B-I-Z. Tell her Mary and Blake sent you. And use the coupon code OUTLANDERCAST15 for 15% off your purchase. As always, tag your mama, tag your pet, tag your it, whatever it is. Love forces a person to choose. You do things you never imagined you could do before. Welcome to OutLanderCast with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Outlander Cast. I'm your host, Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I, I literally have no idea what I just watched. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh my God! I, I don't even. I don't even. It's called Outlander. It's on Stars. Yeah, I know. I know. We make a podcast about it. <laughs> I, I guess so. But wow, that felt like to me it was a bunch of deleted scenes. Oh my gosh. I got to tell you, I mean, the beginning was great. The ending was was very good. But the middle, um, what what did I watch? <laughs> okay, well. What is this, a circus? Of course we have our kilt rating, our one to five kilt rating. We ask all of our listeners to let us know what they think. And H. Scholl tweeted that this episode only warranted three kilts, least favorite episode. Mm-hmm. Awkward dialogue, lamest plan ever, embarrassing song and dance routine, but loved Jenny. And on Facebook, we had Alana Amana Smith who gave it five kilts for the breast milk scene alone. <laughs> That's the first time I can remember seeing that on television. And how sad is that? The star of the search was Bear McCreary's score. I want that Scottish Western track playing as my theme song. And then Mars Lady 15 tweeted, I liked it. Four kilts. Felt a little drawn out, though. I prefer the searching to the end at 10 minutes earlier. Like, the searching to end yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah, like, so that way you could see more of Wentworth with Jamie. So, sure, yeah. Blake, the question for you is, on a scale of one to five, how many kills well, would you get? All right, let me say this. First of all, the Bear McCreary score was the absolute outstanding performer of this entire episode. Mm-hmm. It totally drew me in. It was fantastic. But the kilt rating? Yikes. I, I I think I'm gonna go with a two and a half kilt rating on this one. Whoa, that is the lowest you've ever no, given. Uh, uh, no, I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna officially give two point seven five kilts. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm glad for the clarification. Yeah, two point seven five. It's not it's not two and a half kilt worthy, and it's definitely not three kilt worthy. I liked I actually liked the reckoning better. So yeah, two two and three quarter kilts. That's what I'm giving. Wow. How about you, kid? What are you giving? Um, I'm giving it. A solid, gosh, what would I give it? I'd give it a four. 
Get out of here. I just love Outlander, so I'm like a sucker. Okay, let me tell you why. I was saying to Blake that this part in the books took a long time. the, the, The episode took a long time. But exactly. And the reason being is they needed to portray time. Yeah. They needed to show this. It's not just like they were like, oh, where's Jamie? Let's go do something fun tonight. Let's go dance and sing. Is oh. this is this Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows one? Yes. Yes. This is Harry and You're Hermione Harry. camping and making a very confusing number seven movie for people who weren't book readers. Yep. So that's what this is. This if you're was- not a book reader, you're sitting there going, what, what the bloody hell's going on? This was Harry and Hermione dancing in the tent. It was. You're a wizard, Harry. It's it. So, but... I loved, as you said, Bear McCurry's music. Holy smoke, so great. I got to see a lot of characters who I adore in this episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, it wasn't just a Jamie and Claire episode, and it couldn't have been. It needed to be without Jamie. So I loved seeing everybody else. It was like a reunion for me. Do I you, had a lot of fun. Do you know who's going to hate my kilt rating? Matt Roberts. I know. Matt's going to be unhappy with me because I was not happy with The Reckoning, his episode, and I wasn't happy with this episode. Again, the one he wrote. <laughs> I really had a lot of fun. I think I'm going to give so him a com- fun. I'm going to give him a complex. You are. He's not going to ever want to come back on our show because he's going to say, "Why would I go on a show if that host hates me?" No, I don't hate him. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I I respect him a lot because I feel like the two episodes he has was given the task of writing were the the yeoman's work of this of this season so far. I mean, you can't. You can't change the source material. You cannot like change the very fabric of it. You have to you have to go buy it somehow. And they he is slave to what was written in the book. So he has to adapt that. It's not TV. that he's a slave unless cool. it's like Britney Spears I'm a slave for you because I dig <laughs> it. No, no, I, but what I mean is he can't just go ahead and say, "Well, Diana Gabaldon, uh, never mind. We're just going to change everything you wrote." He he can't do that. It's it's based off of the book. You need to know that poor Jamie, he's been a little left up for a long time. I know. That's that's what you need to see. You need to also get to know these characters better. Yeah, and 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 what I will say is see, seeing all the characters, getting the band back together was nice. And again, I give credit to the beginning. The beginning portion with Jenny was fantastic. And I wanted more of that. And the ending was good, too. I wanted more of that. But the middle was, yikes, man. Well, now that we know how you feel. Wow. <laughs> we will be able to smooth on through our recap eventually. But before we do, I wanted to let you all know about a rating by Elu, Elu, E-L-I, Eli Lu 75 on iTunes. I love to, this is a really nice review saying, I'm so glad I found this podcast. I love this podcast. I look forward to listening to it every week after the show has aired. I take my podcast on my morning walks and find myself with a smile on my face every single time I listen to Marion Blake's perspectives. They pick up on even the slightest details that I didn't realize when I was watching the show. So Aww. we just wanted to say, Eli Lu, thank you very much. You made us very happy. And for those of you who haven't left us an iTunes review? Feel free to. It makes me really happy. (laughs) And also, we just wanted to quickly let you know that we were interviewed by Yahoo TV. Ethan Alter is the gentleman's name. 
and um, a couple other Outlander-inspired podcasts were also interviewed about it. The so, Scotland Assassin Act and also the Outlander, Outlander Mistress. Mistress. Yes. yes. So please go listen to them. They're great. We, we, we've already talked about all that all the time. But yeah, we had the pleasure of being interviewed by this gentleman about what it takes to podcast, and, and especially in the lens of outlander and how crazy the the podcasting world of outlander is so uh it was it was really fun go check it out actually i'll have the link on our website for this episode at outlandercast.com so if you are interested in reading the article and what we had to say go to outlandercast.com click on the link for this episode and the link for our interview will be right there all right let's get into this week's recap of the search let's do it Dancing. Oh, I'm totally dancing. On your yoga ball. On my yoga ball bouncing, saying, come out, baby, come out. <laughs> I am so pregnant. Anyway, speaking of pregnant, let's just let's just dive in. I'm going to break things up a little bit because this episode was, as you said, there was a lot of stuff going on. There were some different things in the beginning, middle, and the end. It was right. like a really thick sandwich. It was like a club sandwich. Uh, you know what it was? It was a BLT. It was all toppings, no meat. Oh, well, I don't feel that same way at all. Okay, I just want to talk about Jenny. Let's lay it down. Ian, poor Ian, you don't have a leg. Like, <laughs> I want to go, I want to go, you can't go. Well, you don't have a leg. Shot down, mic drop. Um, so Jenny, of course, who just birthed a child, decides that she's going to go and help Claire find Jamie because there's no way that this Sassanac is going to be able to go through the woods, figure things out. She doesn't know how to track. Can we talk about how she's riding a horse? After giving birth, I had to sit on a donut for the better part of a month after having a baby, mm -hmm. and I didn't want to be jostled. And here she is, bouncing around a horse in a in a tan skirt. I'm mm -hmm. like, I hope she has a lot of female diapers going on because <laughs> that is painful. Your body is still contracting, you know, trying to get rid of that baby bump, and the poor thing, her boobs. They just can't handle the fact that she's away from her baby. Great bit of detail here with the with the milk and the manual expression yes. of the milk. Wow. Like I first of all, wow. Prosthetics per person who made the fake breasts did a fantastic job. You you can't even tell that it's not her. I no, mean you you, can't. you sit there and you're like, Oh, did that actress just have a baby and is she really lactating? Because it looks that well it could real. have been, it could have been digitally inserted too, like the stream. <laughs> If they were talking about it, streams it of milk. But I'm saying it could be digitally inserted if they really wanted to. But wow. I mean, really, to, to think, to have that bit of writing in there, that, that detail, uh, uh, it makes you wonder if, again, like how we talked about pregnant ladies being on set, being like, hey, if she was riding a horse and she was away from her baby this long, she'd be a little overfilled. You know what? She'd be cranky, cranky enough to say, oh, excuse me, sir, you don't want to give me information? I'm going to hot poker your balls. Oh, my word. So she and Claire come, you know, after Jenny's amazing tracking skills, they come across some of the red coats. They see Macquarie, of course. They don't see Jamie. And they capture one of them. Very stealth, by the way. Must have learned their ninja moves from Ian. <laughs> but they capture one. And he doesn't really know too much because he's just a courier. So they're torturing him in a way that only a woman who aches and has really heavy boobs and just birthed a baby can 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 do. Claire's <laughs> kind of like, I usually heal people. I mean, she even wanted to fix his burnt feet at the end. Aww. And here's Jenny, who's like, 
F this, I just left my newborn baby at home. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get this information out of you. And Claire, don't think you're going to fix his feet. No, we got to kill this guy. Jenny is all business. You know, a lot of people have c- compared this portion of the episode to Thelma and Louise, you know, the great Ridley Scott classic. I wouldn't say it was Thelma and Louise. I would say it's more like 24 female version. Like the way they were running around and interrogating guys, poking hot people, like pokes and all that. That was more of a better of example of what was happening. And it was fantastic seeing these two, how they've bonded, how they've, how they've gone from calling her a troll up to poking hot pokers in, in people's balls. Bollocks, yes. Yeah. That is great. That is a great relationship. What a great character arc for, for these two. And to again, how they kind of forced them together in the last episode by having the baby together. Now they're pushing them together again. And you're making, you're giving Claire a sense of home when it comes to Jenny. You're giving Claire a sense of home in the past two episodes with Lally Brock. The Fraser clan and Lally Brock is the only thing that Claire really has. She doesn't really have anybody at Leoc. She doesn't have anybody. The Dougal certainly doesn't have her back. The column doesn't have her back. Nobody has her back except Jenny and the Frasers. And knowing that they're out there together to find Jamie is that is good character work. And I, I, I wish I got more of that because I feel like Claire and Jenny as characters are deserving of that attention. Do you know what I mean? I do. I do. I think that relationship is deserving of more attention. I agree. I wish they they should, and oh my god the 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 direction in this episode, um, I think the direction of this episode did the best that it could, um, especially considering all the song and dance routines that they had to go through. But it was the cinematography by Neville Kidd again who just kicked ass. I mean, totally, totally ruled this episode the establishing shots of them traveling throughout throughout scotland and in the highlands really beautiful stuff with the sunsets and like there there was one scene where it was focused on the rock uh, a focused on a rock rather and in the background out of focus is jenny and claire far off in the distance and uh what what a great bit of detail there too excellent job by neville kid yeah you would have thought you would have given this episode a higher kilt rating because there's so much beauty in this episode you know what i even loved that opening shot well just because uh, well well, just because it's pretty doesn't mean that it's good no i'm not saying that 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 should rule all but all of your senses Mm -hmm. combined (laughs) create the kilt rating all right how did you feel about uh the beginning with the with the woman disappearing how cool was that a little puppet show pretty much showing a woman like claire standing at the stones Mm -hmm. with these little fairies Mm -hmm. some music and then poof gone disappeared i was shocked by that i was like oh whoa like what the heck happened there but it goes to show you i mean we heard this story sung about before Mm -hmm. and now there could even be little puppet shows that talk about women disappearing through stones as well sure so so cool so of course murtaugh shows up does the slang for them jenny has a moment with claire where she says you know 
please don't judge me that I said that we would have to kill this guy. You know, you have to do things for people that you love. And Claire actually has a moment saying, no, I would have done it. Yeah. I was afraid. I was, I was afraid of what I would have done in knowing that Jamie's out there. Yeah. And she is right. She's going to do whatever it takes to get Jamie back. And Murtaugh does it. Jamie, uh, not Jamie. Oh, poor Jamie. Jenny, <laughs> Jenny tags out. She's like, all right, I'm still bursting. I'm going to head home. You guys got this. And Murtaugh actually didn't want Claire to even come. Mm-hmm. But you do not mess with Claire. No, no. Claire is on a mission. Murtaugh comes up with this really interesting plan. I thought it was needlessly complicated. Well, they figured out that Jamie escaped. They have no idea where he is. Mm -hmm. They think he might have gone up north. Obviously wouldn't return to Lollybrock because he has a price on his head. Mm -hmm. His very red-haired red hair head. (laughs) So Murtaugh comes up with this idea that he and Claire are going to, instead of being all sleuth and trying to find him in the woods, I mean, good luck. Scotland's pretty big. Mm -hmm. They're going to shine a beacon on themselves. Mm Mm-hmm. And attract the moth to the flame, except the flame wouldn't burn him. It would just give him a hug. (laughs) (laughs) So Murtaugh decides he's going to whip out his awesome, and by awesome, I mean, oh, poor thing, you needed more classes, his awesome dance skills Mm -hmm. and singing a little bit. But it wasn't that good. And he told Claire, he said... Oh, you know, you can be the healer. Healers get a lot of attention. I wish they had focused on this a little bit more because I think as viewers, we're starting to forget that this is Claire, like one of Claire's major skills is healing. Okay, yeah. So I would have hoped, I mean, in the books, in the books, this was a very, very long part. So you were able to feel that time. And she did the healing bit okay, a well, lot longer. All right, well, here we go. I mean, now, this is where we're, we're having problems here. Where okay. I, th- I don't think we're on the same page here. I don't think we are, Mr. 2.75. 2.75. Damn straight. <laughs> and, and I'm going to make an excuse for Matt Roberts here. Okay? So, Matt, if you're listening, it's, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. You were given certain you, – you were oh given – Oh, you're faulting Diana. Stop it. <laughs> I'm not faulting Diana either. It's just the story. Um, what, oh what was written – I feel like I need to, like, bless myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> what are you about to say? What was written isn't very compelling. It's just not compelling. Oh my god! You know it's, she's never going to come on our show. <laughs> it's you're so mean. Li- listen, you, watching Claire heal people. Sometimes one, life isn't compelling. Sometimes life has to pass by. And yeah, but it's this really isn't boring. life. This is TV. But the, oh, let me tell you, if they had to portray how much time went by on TV. Would have been the whole second half of this season. Listen, watching Claire heal person after person after person is not compelling television. Okay. Okay. We've we've talked about compelling te- television before. We know what makes that, and her just doing this one after the other isn't that. And the same thing goes with watching Claire sing and Murtaugh do his stupid dance. Not compelling television and you know what's not compelling to television when they have to do so many montages because nothing is happening they just it's just there for filler it's there to chew up time it's not filler and it's not to chew up time it is oh my gosh we have to do this quickly there's a lot these books are huge there's a lot to cram in yeah, what, what i'm saying is if there was something that was vital to the story as a result 
of the singing and clear healing people, they would have shown it. But what how it's very formulaic how they did it. They would show Claire healing somebody, and then there's a little montage of Claire healing people, and then they would show Claire singing or Murtaugh dancing, and then Claire singing, and then a little montage, and then the same thing over. It happened three times. Okay, it, it, it repeated itself, and if if it was vital, it would have shown the real bits. But there was it just spun its wheels because they just needed to pass time. That's the problem that I have with the episode. Okay, well, I think you vented enough about it. And you've probably hurt both Matt and Diana and Ron's feelings. No, no, Matt, it's not your fault, buddy. It's not. I promise. Can we talk about the episode? Yes, we can. (laughs) Goodness me. You're done? Well, listen. And trust me, your viewpoints are not alone. I mean, there are – we we got a lot of listener feedback about – how this middle section dragged on. Oh. They were not big fans of it. We're going to get into that feedback, uh, listen, of I've course. Got a, I've got a feeling I'm going to piss off a lot of people by giving this two and, two and three quarters kilts. So i, I got to at least give my perspective on why it's deserving of, of, of the kilt rating. Okay. You know what I mean? Well, let's talk about the show because I really liked it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you're the host. Keep going. <laughs> well, Murta, of course, he, you know, Claire says, oh, you got to jazz up this this act, man. It's got to be a bit more fun. She starts singing Bugle Boy. Well, his reaction was B. to jazz it up, like, because he has no idea what jazz no. is. No. <laughs> was so awesome. So stinking cute. And Claire starts to sing it. And Murta says, oh, it's pretty good. But, you know, you got to make it Scottish. Yep. So she takes Scottish lyrics and puts it to the Bugle Boy of Company B. And, and yeah, which was done by the Andrew. Uh, was it the... A whole bunch it, of people. Yeah, but wasn't it done by the Andrews? Yeah, the Andrews sisters. Yeah, that's who it was originally by. Like that version, I, I suppose. Maybe. Okay, no, I, no. It probably That was probably the version that was popular when Claire, when yeah. Claire heard it right before she left. Oh, speaking of uh, of things that were said that were like just came out of nowhere, mm-hmm. Claire's uh, warning to Jenny to... Uh, for the potatoes. For the potatoes. Oh, there's a war coming. People are going to die. And Jenny's like, hmm. Okay, yeah, sure, no problem. No, she's not okay, sure, no problem. She says, uh, Jamie actually told me you were probably going to tell me some weird stuff one day. Yeah, but don't you feel like she accepted it uh, like too easily? No. No, you don't think so? No. Why Brother, not? Okay, so at least because from the book perspective, you're supposed to understand that Jenny and Jamie have a really, really tight relationship. And he mm-hmm. probably sat her down and said, listen, if anything happens to me, listen to Claire. Yep. She's going to sound really weird, but you've got to listen to her. And I can't tell you why. Okay. But just listen to her. And for some reason, when Frasers get told, don't ask why, <laughs> they say, okay. Okay, no problem, guys. All right. <laughs> hey, you gotta you got to plant potatoes. Um, well, we don't really plant potatoes, but you gotta. You have to plant the potatoes. There's gonna be a big war, and everyone's gonna be really hungry, and you're just gonna need those potatoes. Okay. 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 One one other thing I have about this about this interaction here. She's saying, "Oh, it's gonna be a slaughter." And listen, uh, if you listen to the Jacobite History podcast episode that we put out, there it, the war or the rebellion isn't as awful as they're making it out to be in the show oh my gosh well it's not it's not it wasn't a slaughter it was the 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 scots were coming down and they were almost near london they were almost there and then they were pushed back and then they had to make a final stand and people died on both sides it wasn't like 
the British just showed up and just killed innocent people. And Claire's more nervous about the Fraser people and the famine. I mean, the famine is really what she's concerned about. All these people are just going to go hungry. And not only could Jenny and her family go hungry, but they're responsible. Mm-hmm. They are responsible for tons of people. So that's what she's giving her heads up about. She's not necessarily saying, watch out, don't let Ian with – especially without a leg, go anywhere. <laughs> She's more concerned about the job that the Frasers have to Listen, do. Listen, we all know that Ian can handle himself. He's a ninja. Obviously. Ninjas can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Murtaugh and Claire. Murtaugh hears Claire sing and says, all right, why don't you start doing this? We're going to start having a singing Sassanach who's singing an English song with some Scottish lyrics. People are going to go wild for you. Mm-hmm. And let's dress you up a, like a boy. Because you know what? Let's just keep adding things so that people <laughs> will continue to talk about you. Sure, yeah. I mean, this is the big thing. The, he wants Claire to be the water cooler talk. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. I was in town the other day. There was this. Get this, a singing Sassanach dressed like a boy singing some weird song I've never heard before, but it was catchy. <laughs> it was toe tapping and I was clapping. You along. know, you know, if there was online social media, this would have been viral. Oh, yes. This <laughs> this would have been that video that you see on Facebook and you share and you say, oh, my God, OMG, watch this. This would have been David Goes to the Dentist. Okay. Sassanach singing Boogie Woogie. <laughs> So cute, right? And not only was it the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, but this song was a version of, like, the lyrics were from one of Jamie's favorite songs when he was a kid. Yeah, his dad du- used to sing it to him. Dougal. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> Very different person. Uh, anyway, he heard it when he was growing up a lot. Yes. So Murtaugh, being Jamie's godfather, says, oh, you know what? We're going to take the lyrics from Jamie's jam. Mm-hmm. So this way it is literally loud and clear. Sassanach woman sings this song, <laughs> a.k.a. Jamie's favorite song. Yep. We are going to beckon this boy. And in addition to just trying to have him come to them – Claire and Murtaugh spent a lot of time carefully asking people, hey, have you seen a really tall, strapping, handsome, redheaded guy? Mm. No. <laughs> Not so much. Where? Okay. You know what I feel bad about? What? Are there just a lot of ugly, scrawny, redheaded guys? <laughs> just running around. Yeah. Unsupervised. Like, because like, I would hope that in all of the countryside that there might be another redheaded guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I picture if I go to Scotland, I'm going to see at least one redheaded guy. I mean, I'm not like, going to run off with him. I but, hope not. No, I won't. But I'm just, I'm just confused, you know? I feel like there would be multiple men fitting that description, but lucky for Jamie, there are not. So <laughs> for Claire, some reason. Claire and Murtaugh keep on looking. Um, and, oh, gosh. Okay, so these other gypsies are scoping them out. Oh, my God. This was another totally useless point of this episode. No. The gypsies. Anyway, so they're scoping them out, and I was nervous at first. I was thinking, what do these guys know that we don't know? Are they going to try to steal their money? Mm-hmm. Are they trying to listen to what Murtaugh and Claire really want? Do they? Are they actually, you know, red coat sneaky people? That's what I thought at first. I thought they were, I thought they were like another version of the watch yes. almost. 
but they were looking around for people that were going to cause problems and they were going to hand them over to the red coats. And really, they were just saying, wow, this is really good. We should totally snatch their, their song and dance routine and make money off of it. And mm-hmm. they do. And Claire asked them to not. She gives them a whole bunch of money. She gives them all of the rent money. What is she thinking? She is thinking, you know what? Maybe this guy is going to look me in the eyes and be honest with me. And Claire's thinking, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to try every single route. So what? I gave up the rent money. Yeah, you gave up all of the money. Yeah, I would have done the same thing. (sighs) Yeah, maybe. This is her big shot. Murtaugh has told her, you are going to be the singing Sassanach who sings Jamie's favorite song. She has invested... She wasn't even All drinking. All this time. <laughs> like she if, she was, was. if she was Sassanac wasted, I could see why she would do that. But I would have just killed him. Ugh, all the money. I would have just been like, oh my God, they stole my show. Gyp- <laughs> Gypsy stab. <laughs> G- cutting throats again. Once again, it's a good thing I wasn't in this book series because I would have been like, oh, you stole my, you stole my act. You think you can pretend to be a singing Sassanac? You, you would have been the Dexter of this show, just killing people <laughs> left and right. Poison. Poison right there. Oh. Oh, my goodness. But they come back. The gypsies come back. And the good thing about the gypsies is they do say, well, actually, Claire goes back to them. They dr- they ride all the way to the ocean. And then Marta says, oh, you can see America from here. Oh, and, and that was great. Back. That was a great shot, obviously. The, first of all, the cinematography with the sun, the blindingness, you know, almost looking out into the nothingness of what was going to be coming if they couldn't find Jamie. Well, this is also where they got to have a very special bonding moment. Yes. Murtaugh and Claire. It was great. It was great because he was talking about his love of... Claire said, oh, you haven't lost anybody. What the hell do you know? And then you just see Murtaugh kind of fall within himself and just say... She struck a nerve. Yeah, sure. Why not? And he's the one who gave uh, those tusks, those... Uh, what's it called? The bracelets uh, to... The board tasks to Jamie's mother. That's right. You know what that means? Bam! Just like that. A winner! I called it, baby. That was one of your outlandish theories. I called it. I, You know, I'm just so good at this game. I'm so good at this game, it hurts. Uh, not all the time. I'm ringing the, I rang the bell again. Okay, you know what you you can you can keep that bell ringing for the bracelets. There have been some things that you've been so wrong on that I love. And by the way, by the way, I'm oh, I'm about half right. I got I got a half bell ring about what happens with uh, Claire uh, tr- going to find Jamie at Wentworth, but it was going to be Dougal that rescues him instead. And I was half right because Dougal was the one who ended up using his men to help Claire go uh, find. I don't, that doesn't count. Oh, no, no, no. I'm ringing yeah. the bell. I'm ringing it. I'm ringing it. Just like that. A winner. Uh, I'm ringing it. book reader. So speaking <laughs> of Dougal, so Murtaugh and Claire had this beautiful moment. It really, really was, was beautiful. And as you said, this is Claire's family. This is Jamie's godfather. You learn that not only is he Murtaugh, Jamie's godfather, but honestly, Murtaugh feels like Jamie is his son. Yeah. That he loved his mother so much and he killed a boar with just a little a little dagger. I know. Killed the like I'm trying to show you how much I love you. Thank God we don't do that anymore. Match.com has made life so much easier. I just took you to the green monster at Fenway Park and you were like, Oh, this boy loves me so much. He bought me a hot dog. <laughs> she ate the hot dog and all the peanuts. 
Yeah, I was. I, was, I thought you were taking me out to dinner. <laughs> I was really hungry. Yeah, apparently. going to a baseball game is not gonna feed the hunger in this beast. <laughs> <laughs> so we have this beautiful moment, and they head on back. They meet the gypsies. The gypsies say, "Hey, we got word. You got to go to this place, and you're gonna get some answers." So Claire and Murtaugh are running. They are gleeful. Jamie, Jamie. Nope, it is Dougal. <laughs> oh. Hey, can I, can I say this? Dougal sucks. Yeah, I was just gonna say like if you had a list of characters in Outlander that you really didn't want to see right now, he'd probably be like number two. Oh, like it's like Blackjack Randall, and then Dougal, and then Dougal. Right now, I would say so. I mean, Dougal is nowhere near as bad as Blackjack. It's like. It, it's the Pacific. It's a whole different tier. It's the Pacific Ocean in between them. But still, like this guy sucks, and his whole plan. Who who, would you, who sucks more, Dougal or Leary, right now? Ooh, valid point. Okay, so maybe we'll go Blackjack, Leary. Yes, Dougal. Okay, okay. yeah, okay. And in between Leary and Dougal is like, like a, a little Lake step. Michigan. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Exactly. So Dougal's there and he says, I know where Jamie is. He's in Wentworth prison. I think he's going to hang tonight. He might Maybe tomorrow. tomorrow. I don't really know, I but know. I'm here. Which, I don't know which one. I think I'm going to be cast in the new season of Hoarders. <laughs> um, as you can see, I'm just collecting stuff, living in a castle, you know, I got kicked out of. So now I'm here and I'm just hoarding stuff so that I can sell it and help make more money. For the Jacobite cause. Correct. And while you're here, Claire, so seeing as your husband's dead, and Claire's like, he's not dead yet. Mm-hmm. Well, seeing as your husband's dead, <laughs> um, how about you and I get married? That'll be a lot of fun. I think you're hot. And Claire's like, um, no, no, thank you. And he's like, also, I kind of want Lollybrock. And I want all of the men that swear their allegiance to Lollybrock so then they can come fight their Jacobite cause too. Because once again, I don't live in a castle anymore and I'm living in a cave as a hoarder. <laughs> You're hot. I've always liked you. I want your title. What do you think? And she's like, it was all about Lollybrock then, wasn't it? And she's pissed. I don't blame her for being pissed. This guy, all he does is just scheme. He schemed with Jamie to marry the Sassanok so he could so he could be Laird. And now he's scheming to get Lallybrock. And he's throwing it to her like, I'm the only one that can protect you from and, Blackjack Randall. And, and I'll tell you what, I think he's right. No matter no matter how much I hate this guy right now, and maybe he'll maybe he'll change my mind eventually, I don't know. But as of right now, I can't stand Dougal. Every time I see him, he's just a dink. But he's right. No one else is gonna protect Claire. No one has the ability to collect to uh, protector, you think Ian the ninja is going to be able to protect Claire? I think Claire can protect Claire. No, Did you see way. that fire building skills? She and Jamie could live in the woods. She couldn't even torture a guy. She could. She can look all badass pointing a gun at somebody, but that there's a difference between pointing the gun and pulling Jamie the trigger. Can do that stuff. She can make the fire. Yeah, but if if Jamie's gone, who's gonna who's gonna protect her? Nobody. Well, yeah. Nobody could. Call him. gonna do it. He's got no love for her. You know, and, and, and Jenny can't do nothing. She's too busy exp- expressing b- oh my breast gosh. milk. Stop it. They just, they can't hide her. I mean, you can't hide a Sassanach at Lollybrock. Exactly. And that's why as, as much as I hate Dougal, he's right. It, and if, if Jamie were to, to die, he is Claire's what's, best what's option. What's your option? What is, and right now I'm going to put you on like an outlandish theory option. What the heck is Claire's option right now? 
Um, nope, I'm not going to say that because that is my outlandish theory of the week. Okay, I'll get back to you. Okay. All right, so she's like, no, no. And then she realizes, maybe if I say yes, I can take his friends to yep. come with me. So she she's like, oh, you know what? If he's dead, sure, I'll marry you. But if he's not, can I borrow some of your friends to come <laughs> help me break into the prison? And it was nice, too, because she said, listen, would you give up on the Stuart King if you think you still had a chance? And again, that's where he says, listen, I, I can't force people to not go, but I'm not going to make them go either. I'm not going to stand in the way of people wanting to go or not wanting to go. They're just going to, we're going to have to make a choice here and they're going to have to do it. So Claire is right too. There's no way Dougal would ever give up and nor should he, uh, if, if he believes so firmly in that cause. He doesn't believe in Jamie, I'll tell you what. Because he would have been a really good fighter. We saw him when he was wasted mm-hmm. be able to fight off all those guys. Dougal doesn't care about blood. You don't think it's, so? Um, I don't think right now. I I think that... Is that because Colum sent him to the wind because of Galus? Oh, and speaking of that, thank you for Claire calling out Dougal about, hey, what about Galus? And he, he, the, the one response that he has is, we're not going to talk about Galus right now. Uh, F you, bro. I'm just going to keep my eyes somewhere else right now. Oh, God. I'm not going to say anything to I you. can't. I, ugh. <laughs> Freaking Dougal. Dougal sucks. Yeah. He, oh, my God. He sucks so bad. And I, I guess that's a good thing because that makes me hate him and make me, makes me want to watch him even more, I suppose, to okay. see what else he does. I hope he actually does something to redeem himself in this, in this season. Like maybe I hope maybe he like he gives his life up for Jamie or gives his life up for Claire or he does something to redeem all the stupid crap that he's done so far. I hope so, too. You know, I hope so, too, because I don't think Dougal's a wholly bad guy. <laughs> I don't think he I don't think he's obviously he's not blackjack. He's Randall. just selfish. He's and just yeah selfish. But yet for a cause, he's self-absorbed. I'll put it that way. Okay. He's self-absorbed. He can't see past his own nose. And he talks about this big ordeal with the Jacobite rebellion. And sure. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a big deal to him, but he can't see past his own nose with the, the people surrounding him most immediately. And that's just that's unacceptable to me. I'm going to wrap this episode recap up. Claire goes outside, says, hey, boys, want to come join? They say, no, thank you. And she's like, well, Jamie would do it for you, so you're pretty shoddy friends. Mm -hmm. And then Willie's like, you're right. I'll join. And then everyone else starts raising their hand. She has a a bunch of guys now, and they're heading off to Wentworth Prison. Beautiful shot. Excellent stuff. You know what else? the, the, The issue that I have with this scene, too, is this. And it's not the writing. It's just the characters themselves. Rupert and Angus wants they're like jamie's buddy and i know there was a little bit of a problem there with the with the politics between the frasers and the mckenzie's but we talked about that in in that episode i think it was the was it the reckoning or what yeah i think it was the reckoning there was a a little bit of of a divide there but these guys are jamie's buddies and they're like oh yeah well sorry (laughs) that sucks he's in wentworth i ain't i ain't gonna do nothing i ain't going i just feel like they gave up too easily What, what does that say about them Exactly. Right? I mean, what what does that say about that relationship? I, I wish they were more – I wish they were like, oh, yeah, that's going to suck, but ugh. And I suppose they were. They ended up doing that saying – and Rupert, I think, expressed it best when he's like, oh, fine. I guess I'll go too. Uh, but I, I wish they came to that conclusion a little bit sooner. I agree. Good job on that recap. 
Yes, it was. Excellent job there, kiddo. Now it's time for the listener feedback. All right. First up, we got some email. We got an email from Sarah H. And she ultimately ended up saying uh, one thing in particular. She was talking about the Emmy Awards. And a lot of people gave me a lot of crap about what I said about how Outlander is a good show. But I'm not sure if it's ready to take the next step for the Emmys. And she said, look, the Emmy Awards have recognized outstanding work. But they've also have a reputation for being very repetitive and boring slash conservative in their choices. There have been some pleasant surprises in recent years, uh, but wins like this, this surprises are rare. So as a somewhat jaded spectator of these awards, she manages to uh, her hopes and her expectations for the nominations, much less any wins for Outlander. It's still a young series with a growing edge and a bit of a genre bias to overcome. Um, but if she, she'll be happy if it wins an Emmy, but she's not getting her hopes up. And, you know, I, and I want to say, Sarah, thank you for making me think that I'm not the only crazy person on this planet that while I love Outlander, I don't think it's ready to win Emmys. Game of Thrones has only won, I think, maybe three or four Emmys, and it's only been nominated maybe ten times. And it, as a best drama, Game of Thrones has only been nominated once. Peter Dinklage has only won one Emmy. Emmy Award for his outstanding work in Game of Thrones. The Walking Dead, the most popular show on all of cable TV, has not been, has not won an Emmy. Never once nominated for Best Drama. You know what? Emmys, you're full of crap. And I agree. I, and I'm not saying that they're right. I'm just talking about the reality of the situation. Well, then, I, then we just need to stop this Emmy talk. We shouldn't even be saying the name. We are the ones proliferating it. <laughs> All right. What do you got in Facebook, kid? Okay, Facebook. Kathy Burkis Kilpatrick said, I love how each character is given an episode to shine, and Murtaugh did shine. Correct. So happy to see the lads again, especially when Willie spoke up for Jamie. Ellie Fowler says, Jenny is fierce. I liked her expressing breast milk. Americans are so used to seeing women's breasts as an only sexual object, and it was great seeing them perform for their intended job and still being beautiful. Taja Hoopers, whose first time it is responding, understands the reasoning for extending the traveling scenes in order to represent the passing of time. Days, weeks, months. Just seemed a little too drawn out. But I understand the need to cram these into the last three episodes and really chalk them full. Also, this episode gave me goosies to Claire responding. Oh, yay. And uh, Tasia, thank you uh, for uh, first time responding. Welcome to the family. Elizabeth Rothschild Frumpkin says, Loved the taciturn Murtaugh sword dancing with a scowl on his face. <laughs> How about Instagram? Deborah 0330 says, Kudos to Bear. The score in this one was amazing. This show never disappoints. Even when it strays from the book, it shines. Well, I would have to disagree a little bit. It disappointed me a tad. Not Bear's score, but Bear's score was, was phenomenal. On Twitter, MLE Clump loved the song and dance routine with Claren Murtaugh, but being a mom who bore six babies, wow. I related most with Jenny and the milk <laughs> issues. Six babies. Can you imagine that? I'm having difficulty being pregnant with the second one. Wow. Bookmom71115 says, I love that they turned the damsel in distress theme on its head. And Bookmom, you are 100% right. I was going to say that. 
uh, and then I saw your comment, and I didn't want it to feel like I stole it. So great, great stuff. Ayana eighty Smith tweeted, "I would have burned his balls." I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Cutting throats and burning balls. Alice Cakes Baker says, A musical romp through the Scottish countryside, the light before the gloom to come. Geek Mama Green says, Made the decision to love the show separate from the books, like when Blake came to terms with the voiceovers. And wow, they made a reappearance in this episode, I'll tell you that. Okay, there was a lot of conflicting opinions about seeing Jamie or not seeing Jamie. Linda Bully tweeted, Searching for Jamie... Okay, so he should loom over the entire episode. Present, there wasn't a lot of tension, so they should have had some flashes to Jamie's escape and recapture. Mm -hmm. Whereas Boozilla said that she loved the exclusion of any Jamie because it made us worry about him even Boozilla, more. I'm in full agreement with you. you. You have if Jamie's missing, you have to feel that that you have to feel that want and that worry about Jamie. Mary Marksinger writes in, the writers weave the story wonderfully. This was sunshine before the storm. Loved hearing Murtaugh speak and to get to know him. And last, surely be good no, tweeted, intrigue couldn't get any better. This is addiction at its finest. <laughs> My hour with Outlander takes me to the Highlands. I got to agree with Mary, though. Seeing Murtaugh and getting to know more about his character, he's more than just random Scotsman number two, he actually has something behind him. His love of Jamie's mother is something that's really special. All right, kid, what do you say we get to the voicemails? I love it. Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Kelly from Virginia. I love Jenny. I love her, love her, love her. I think that they they were able to per- portray her and Claire's true, sincere sisterhood that they have finally developed, and I love that. I was I love that they were able to do that. Second, Welcome back, Murtog. Liked seeing him. Liked him working with Claire. Super duo those two make. And I had to crack up that they worked in the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy tune tonight. That was different from the books, but it worked in this episode fabulously. Hi, Kelly. Thank you for calling in. And I just wanted to say, actually, really interesting thing with Jenny and Claire the fact that Claire is still trying to change history, or is she really intending on changing history? I'm not quite sure. But the fact with the potatoes and all that other stuff, really interesting stuff. I Do you think, I'm not sure, but if Claire really wants to change history, is she capable of doing it? And more importantly, does she really want to? I think that's a question we all have to ask ourselves. Does Claire want to do this, or is she just really into what the Frasers need and she's just going to help them do whatever she needs or what help them do whatever she feels is necessary or yeah I mean it's a big question and, and I guess is she really capable of doing it all together but now is the time for the first ever Kendra Thought of the Week Guys, it's Kendra calling in with my thoughts on uh, episode 14, The Search. I was really dreading this episode because this section of the book is um, just so bafflingly problematic for me. It makes absolutely no sense plot-wise to have Claire and Marta carrying out this nonsense for the bulk of the show. It's as if we're all supposed to forget that Claire is hiding from BJR as well. Dude, Marta, why not just send up a flare? 
Um, we start the episode with a wonderful sense of urgency, and then all of that just peters out during the song and dance shenanigans. Marquette is completely out of character for most of the episode um, and would never lose sleep over a sword dancer besting him. I mean, come on. Let's focus on the end game here, folks. Um, I found the Claire impersonator funny but pointless. Uh, Claire is really cute, and um, Katrina just sells this rubbish hard, but it simply doesn't work. Jamie's going to come to Claire's song. I mean, it works in Moulin Rouge, but here it's just a trope to eat up what little time that we have. Um, Myrta is touching in the cave scene, and the shot of the moon over the ocean had a, a really surrealistic quality that brought to mind uh, the moonrise scene in Joe versus the Volcano. I don't know if you remember that, but um, very similar. Um, I was glad that they chose to show Jenny hand-suppressing her milk uh, as breastfeeding is still um, inexplicably um, taboo in public. But uh, in all reality, Jenny would not be sitting so neatly in the saddle after having had her nethers violently rearranged, what, two days prior? And we had a long, pretty hilarious discussion on Twitter about this uh, earlier today. And Ron Moore really didn't help matters by saying uh, that it's not like she had a C-section. Really? Because a vaginal birth is just that easy like a Sunday stroll? Uh, that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, this episode, in my opinion, was uh, quite a mess and my least favorite by far. We had a lot of story left to tell and only two hours left to tell it in. And so I'm a bit concerned uh, because we did waste a lot of time tonight. Anyway, uh, thanks, guys, and I will check in with you next week. Bye. Thank you, Kendra, for always, as always, rather, the great job that you, you do. Uh, I like what you had to say about Ron Moore. Yeah, just not smart, Ron. Um, I, I don't know if you have I don't know if he has kids or not. I, it, it just and his wife has gone through it. I don't know. Uh, so but regardless, it's just not smart, man. <laughs> like, yikes. Um, vaginal birth is just as hard, if not harder than. C-sections and yeah, for her to be trouncing around on that horse, not not a good choice. And uh, thank you for agreeing with me actually about this episode. There's just it just spun its wheels. It was I felt like yeah, it was cute to see and it was it was it was cutesy. That's what it was. Okay, I'll go with that cutesy. Um, it, it was it was cool, but just not necessary. Uh, would it be nice to see Jamie? Maybe. I, you know, it, it, it be getting captured, uh, recaptured rather, maybe. But I would say that you're in Claire's perspective at this point, and I think the logic behind not showing him is probably the right idea. So, how do they get around all this? I don't know. Uh, I, I wish I, if hey, if I knew, I'd be a writer. I wouldn't be a podcaster. I, I, I could just wave my finger and say, no, 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 no good. Um, but it, it ultimately, yeah, it just kind of spun its wheels, and I, I wish they had done more with the Jenny Claire fiasco, or I wish they had done more with Dougal and, and, and Claire, or I, I wish they had done more with the stuff that was actually compelling. Hi, Mary Ann Blake. This is Barb, your history friend from Michigan. I have to tell you last night's episode, I am giving five full kilts, which really kind of surprised me because Jamie wasn't even in it. But to me, it showed the power of love that you will do anything when there is real love. And also, that love, when there is love at the core, and love is your intention, then it expands. 
And that's why we saw the relationship expand between Jenny and Claire. And that's why we saw the relationship expand and understanding deepen between Murtaugh and Claire. Even the power of love warmed the heart of the gypsy so that he traveled to deliver the message to Claire. I just loved this episode. And the scenes of Scotland, oh my gosh, that beautiful country. I give it five kilts. I'll be interested to hear your views. Thanks. Bye. Hi, Barb. I'm just going to actually jump in here real quick. And the reason why I want to do that is because yeah, the power of love is definitely shown in this episode, uh, it, it, and without question. I mean, that that's obvious. Uh, love is a guiding force for Claire, for Jenny, as a matter of fact, uh, for in a different kind of love, but it, indeed love for her brother. Even Murtaugh, a love for Jamie, a, 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 a paternal kind of love. Um, I, I would disagree with you, however, about the gypsy. Yes, he did eventually just give in to Claire and give her the information, but he himself said, I don't give anything up for free. Which leads me to another thing. How is Claire a gypsy? Like she says, from one gypsy to another. I, I mean, is she a gypsy because she moves or she moved? I don't, I don't know. So, yeah, with the the relationships, as always in Outlander, work properly, but not in this instance, especially with the song and dance routine. I, I don't feel like it it aided the the love theme that you that you loved you talked about that you loved. I don't think it really aided that in any way. It just it just kind of passed time. Good morning, Mary and Blake. This is Denise from Ohio. Mary, happy Mother's Day. Um, wanted to call about episode 114, The Search. This episode I've been waiting for for so long. I just couldn't wait to see Murtaugh and Claire out on the road. So at the beginning, I felt so bad for Mrs. Crook. She didn't know which direction to go. Everybody's yelling at her to do something. And, of course, Jenny wins. And here she comes out the door with pistols in the front and in the back like Annie Oakley. Um, I love this episode. I could say five kilts. I just think it was such a good episode all the way around. And it was great even without Jamie in it. Um, the music was fantastic. That's what caught me first off. Some of the camera shots were amazing. Um, when Jenny was checking the tracks in the field and they were down at her level and it was just something else. Um, I loved whenever they handed off, basically Claire, Jenny hands her off to, to Murtaugh. Um, that was just such a nice part in the story. And he called them natural outlaws. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, going back to Jenny, and she said she was going to smoke smoke the bollocks off of the um, the red coat. I don't know what it is with her and bollocks, but I guess that's just an issue she has. Um, when they hit the road and um, Claire started ta- telling fortunes, and she said about the lady's husband, and she said, well, she, he was short, fat, and lazy. Um, I don't know why I thought that was funny because, by contrast of Jamie. Um, and then whenever uh, Claire said she was going to keep her mouth shut, that just kind of caught me off guard because she never keeps her mouth shut, and she's telling Martha she was going to keep her mouth shut, and he said, yeah, you might make it to the horse. Uh, that was cute. Uh, gypsies were so much better performers than Claire and Marta, but of course they're guest professionals at it. And they began the copyright infringement when Claire was mad about uh, the gypsies stealing her song. And at the very end, I could talk about Dougal, but why waste our time? He is who he is. And Willie, he's the man that saved the day, isn't he? Love Willie. Um, can't wait for next week. 
Can't wait to hear your podcast. Hopefully everything's going well with you, and that baby will come soon, and everybody's healthy and happy. Uh, Have a great week. Thanks for listening, and thanks for giving us your podcast. Bye. Hello, Marion Blake. This is Sarah from Wakasena in California. Wow, that was some episode. I really, really loved that. I think that Murtaugh stole the show. He was so amazing in this. And Duncan LaCroix, I hope that's how you pronounce his name, is so was so good. His acting is so good. He played that role and the scene with he and Claire where he talked about losing someone that he he loved and how he loved Jamie as well. That was so touching and it was done so well. I just their bond is so strong. I those bracelets were like I saw them the first time when Jenny gave them to her and I thought, oh, those are kind of strange, but his stories made them utterly beautiful. So I hope to see more of him and you know, just his his bonding with her and the search at he conducting that with with Claire was surprising and at the same time was made a lot of sense. So I really was surprised by their methodology, but it worked, apparently. <laughs> um, so I just, I I really am just so happy for him. I mean, his, in the background when Claire was recruiting the men to go and get Jamie in, in the prison was just amazing. I mean, he said everything with, without really saying anything, just the look he gave Willie. And that ending scene when they ride up to that daunting prison and you just see the look on each of their faces, it was just wonderful. There were no words that needed to be said there. Denise and Sarah, thank you for calling in. Yeah, you know, I think the the theme that we're getting from both of your calls is, you know, Murtaugh really nailed it uh the the actor duncan he i mean just really nailed it uh, and and bringing life and and texture and layers to murtaugh he's not just you know like i said random guy random scotsman number two anymore he's he's far and above rupert and angus even now uh he he's he's a real person to me, uh, and you. I, and I think it was Sarah who said this. Th- those uh, tusks, yeah, they were kind of ugly when I first noticed them. I thought, I mean, they they have a natural beauty to them. It, it is what it is. But now knowing the story behind it and seeing the emotion out of Murtaugh gives those tusks a legitimacy for being around and for Claire wearing them, and 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 how symbolic that. The love of Murtaugh's life um, ha- had those tusks, and now Claire is wearing that. And, and and while she may not be the love of his life, he she represents that to his his you know son. You know, in in, in not so many words, uh, and it, it's special. It's special that that she gets to wear those now. Uh, great, great, great symbolism there. I really I really appreciate what they did with that. 
Hi, Mary and Blake. Jim Kelly in Cincinnati. I just had to call in on your hotline today. Uh, I was blown away by the episode, The Search. Uh, I'm an avid book reader and follower of the show, but I had to call in. Uh, the acting by the main characters was just fabulous. Murka Fitzgibbon Fraser, Jenny Fraser Murray, and Claire Beecham Fraser absolutely carried the show, all of which was done without one screenshot of Jamie. Fabulous directing, fabulous acting. The trust that was exhibited by these characters was outstanding. The trust that Jenny had in Claire to go back home to take care of Maggie and leave the search in charge of Claire and Murtaugh, but particularly Claire, was very well done. Claire's trust in Murtaugh to come up with the idea to draw Jamie out of the hills and find them instead of vice versa was also remarkable. And then Murtaugh exhibited trust in Claire as the ladies, as the Laird's lady, to keep with the program and not give up. The scene in the cave on the beach between Murtaugh and Claire, I think, is one of the top segments of the entire series. Uh, the character development of Murtaugh was also uh, long overdue and very well carried off uh, by the actor. Uh, so all in all, a five-kilt show, in my view, um, and uh, I can't wait to watch it again and go back and pick up things that I missed. Uh, outstanding, outstanding. Thank you, and a great podcast. Love listening to you, too, and keep it up, and good luck with the upcoming baby, Mary. All right, Jim, I got to say this. Uh, welcome a fellow Outmander. I, I can't even remember the last time a guy called in uh, to our hotline. And I just want to say how proud and thankful I am for you. Uh, that is just great. And, you know, you made a great point about trust. A lot of trust, you're right, was exhibited in this episode. I just I, I and I everyone's gonna hate my rating. I feel like because all the callers have been like, "Oh yeah, it's been awesome. It's gonna be great," and I'm like, "No, it's it's two and and two and three quarters kilts." Um, but I wish they had exhibited that trust in a more streamlined way, um, and and got to the point quicker. Uh, but you're right. Uh, the the characters here are are doing ep epic work. Well, not epic, but they're doing great work. And the, the the only way this episode worked at all was on the backs of the trust that we have as viewers in these characters and in these actors to portray the kind of work and necessity that, that they need as characters. So the only way this episode works is with the people that we love portraying the characters that we love. And they did a great job doing it. Hey, guys. My name is Aubrey, and I'm calling from California. This is my first time calling in as I just recently discovered your podcast and I absolutely love it. I love the different perspectives that you guys both bring. Um, I also want to thank you guys for giving other viewers the opportunity to call in and share their opinions on the episodes. Um, I'm the only one in my circles who has watched it and so I really appreciate and love being able to 
not only listen to your podcast, but to be able to interact by calling in. So thank you. Um, anyways, I would give this episode two and a half kilts. I could kind of take it or leave it. I really liked Claire and Jenny's searching and how headstrong of a character you got to see Jenny be. Um, I feel like she's a really good balance to Claire. They were a lot like Sherlock Holmes and Watson, so it was a lot of fun watching. Um, I also liked that they showed um, them stop so that Jenny could pump. Um, it's something that they could have easily overlooked, but as a new mother, being away from her baby, I imagine that this would be a very prevalent issue, and so I'm really glad that they decided to include it. Um, I can't really remember what goes down in Search for Jamie in the book, but I definitely don't remember there being singing and dancing. Um, and I initially liked how they were going to draw attention through Claire's healing skills because it's Claire using her talents to help find Jamie as her strongest skills. Like they aren't going out and killing and interrogating people, you know, trying to get information, but she's a great healer and that's one of her gifts. And so that could potentially be helpful too. So um, I also really liked her gaining information to the fortune telling. I thought that was really clever. Um, however, like the singing and dancing took up so much time and I didn't like that we were informed later by the gypsies that this idea of them singing kind of actually led to him getting caught again. So it kind of just made it seem pointless. Also, it seems like Claire and Mirta would have had to have been doing that song and dance act for a very long time for their reputation to build enough to reach the ears of someone that I imagine would be avoiding villages and staying very low key. Um, I don't know, maybe not. Um, but a final thing that I liked was the um, puppet show with the magic stones being sung in one of the villages. I thought it was a really nice reminder of how far this journey has gone and a nod to how it all began. They did it similarly in the Lollybrock episode with the vase, and I just really like those little moments because it's a nice reminder of just how far she's gone in this crazy journey. Um, so overall, I felt this episode was a filler, kind of pointless, but um, it ended kind of where it began, except for she acquired more health, which I feel like could have been accomplished in one scene of five minutes. Um, anyways, I look forward to next week, um, as I feel like these final two episodes will be really, really great, even though I don't want it to be over. But um, anyways, thank you so much. I look forward to listening to your thoughts. Oh, and happy Mother's Day, Mary. All right. Bye, guys. Aubrey, first of all, as always, welcome to our crazy, insane Outlander cast family. Uh, and I'm so happy that you're engaging. But more importantly, yes, finally somebody that gave it a lower kilt rating than I did, which is even better because uh, now uh, we can we can share the hate together. Um, you know, you're right. It, the episode, like I've already said a bunch of times, it spun its wheels. And like uh, again, the the gypsy part of this episode. It, it didn't make sense to me that they, they accomplished nothing. I mean, they, what they did was is they pissed Claire off because they took her stick and then they used it for their own. She paid them to stop doing it. They kept doing it anyway. And then they came back and they said, I have a message, but I'm not going to give it to you. And then she says, well, okay, then screw. And then they give it to her anyway. And then the message was just one from Dougal um, saying, hey, come meet me because I'm, I'm pretending to be Jamie and I'm not. And all of that could have been handled in a, a far more streamlined way, which is have somebody come up and say, hey, I have a message for you from Jamie. Here it is. And you don't need this whole subplot of of, of gypsies and, and giving money. And, and, and I know it's probably supposed to highlight the fact that Claire would do anything and go, and go anywhere to find Jamie. Um, but they can accomplish that in different ways, ones that make more personal sense to Murtaugh and, and Claire. For example – 
poking somebody's balls with a hot poker. Is Claire willing to go that far? Is she willing to go that far? It's not based upon somebody else's desires. It's not based upon a a a, a, um, a, a gypsy telling her, "Oh, you got to give. I'll, I'll tell you, but you got to give me money." That, that's full of crap, in my opinion. It has to be a moral choice. Is Claire willing to tread that line of maybe? giving in to certain things that she probably wouldn't necessarily do like moral morally like ambiguous things that is that that's the conflict that i wanted to see and they started it that way but then they just didn't they didn't fulfill on it they didn't they didn't do anything with it they just said oh okay here are gypsies and they're, they're gonna go sing uh, I, I felt that was handled inappropriately so thank you aubrey for for agreeing with me i i, I feel vindicated now Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Susan calling from Connecticut. I'm sad to say, but I think I'm going to have to give the latest episode only two kilts. I just felt like it was awfully long and so strange. This was never my favorite part of the book, but at least when they were simply trying to capture Jamie's attention by having Claire act as a healer, it made a little bit more sense. But having her dress up as a boy and spend so much time singing Boogie Woogie Beautiful Boy, it just didn't work for me. There's so much left in the book to cover in the next two episodes. I would rather they had spent less time on search and more time on Wentworth and the after effects. But the show can't always be perfect, and most of the time I love it, just as I love your podcast. So thanks so much. Keep up the good work. And I look forward to hearing what your kilt ratings are. Bye. Thank you, Susan. Again, another person that gave it an even lower kilt rating, which is, oh, my God, this is just making my day. Uh, it, it, two kilts, which is, wow, man, I, I felt bad giving it a 2.75, but now we're down to two, and I, and this is this is great stuff. I, thank you. Um, I know Aubrey mentioned this earlier, but you're right. Having the natural ability of her healing to um, – get Jamie's attention makes much more sense to me than having her jump up and down and, and be dressed up as a boy and sing this song. And it, the, the song and dance routine just didn't work. Um, and I, I don't care. I don't, I mean, I don't, I can't say I don't care, but it, it just, it's difficult for anybody to make an argument that the song and dance routine aided the storyline. And it's, it's, it's difficult to make the argument that it was a naturally, or it's a natural thing for Claire to do. By her healing, that is part of her ability, and that's part of her. That's part of her, and it would make sense for that to happen. And I'm going to tell you, some English lady in the countryside, a Sassanach, that's going out and healing everybody everywhere. I'm pretty sure that according to this really like overcomplicated plan that Murtaugh put together, that would work just as well as some Sassanach singing a song. Um, you know, that's that Jamie just happens to really like. Uh, it, it just it. <laughs> I <laughs> sorry. It's just I'm losing my mind here because the more that I think about it, the more the more um, insane it sounds. I just oh god, I don't know. People are gonna hate me after this, but I I I, I if if I challenge anybody to call in or uh, leave a Facebook message or send me an email or whatever. To tell me how any of this makes sense, I just, oh man, I just I can't get over it. Oh, all right, well, sorry, I just I had to I had to vent there for a minute. Oh, okay, thank you for calling in, guys. I appreciate it. Oh, but you know what? I did want to actually say there's something that I forgot, and I forgot to mention this. 
when Claire was saying, oh, you know, I, I needed help uh, in one of the voiceovers, and she was talking about the divine intervention. And I thought that was very interesting because here she is later on with Jenny talking about uh, potatoes and you have to do this because there's a war that's going to be coming. And it's almost like she herself is providing divine intervention for Jenny, that, that she is omniscient in a way. And, and in fact, she kind of is omniscient. She is all-knowing. Uh, or is it omnipotent? I think om- omnipotent is all-powerful, like capable. Yeah, omniscient is all-knowing. It's almost like she's omniscient because she's from the future. And so she's talking about having divine intervention to help save Jamie. And yet, in a way, she's doing that for Jenny, like I said, and she's doing it for all of Scotland. And it, it, this is this really interesting territory that I, they, they keep they keep playing with. They keep teetering on it. And I wish they would make a choice here uh, because it's very interesting. And I I want them to do more of it. Um, and And I want them to kind of get into the mythology of this. Meaning, and I've said this multiple times and I'm going to say it again, did Claire always go back in history or did she not always go back in history? Is she, did she always have that conversation with Jenny regardless of the time um, or, or where we are in the story? Uh, did she always do that or is that something that is just changing? Uh, it's, it's an interesting topic and I'd like for them to define the rules that they're – treading in this show a little bit more um and i think the only person that could probably do that is that could provide that kind of context would be frank later on in in history um but i i I don't know i think it's really interesting and i wish they would talk about this more but uh overall a really interesting concept all right everybody thank you for those calls that was great as always but now my darling you know what time it is Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, you do. It's Tweet of the Week time. Woo-woo! This week's Tweet of the Week is by Crady, I think that's the name. She says, Jenny is the 18th century equivalent of Jack Bauer. Same amount of torture and badassery, but more breast milk. Ew. <laughs> Jack Bauer hopefully didn't have any breast milk in him or else he was Jacqueline Bauer. And Creedy, as always, you now by being the Tweet of the Week, you have won a $20 gift card. Thank you to Tag Your It Etsy Shop and Don, the owner there. So, Creedy, as always, congratulations for, for being this week's Tweet of the Week. All right. It's time to hear what crazy theory you have this week. But first, this outlandish theory of the week is brought to you by Scotland's own Walker's Shortbread. Visit outlander.walkersshortbread.com to enter to win a trip for two to Scotland. Whoa. Holy smokes. <laughs> brought to you by Walker's and Stars. Tell them OutlanderCast sent to you. So once again, that, that uh, website is Outlander. Dot walkersshortbread.com A trip for two to Scotland. <laughs> Holy smokes. All right, Blake. So what theory do you, my non-book reading husband, have as I put my eyes somewhere else? All right. So now we know that the rescue attempt is going to happen. We know that Claire is there with the, the, the all the guys and that they're going to apparently storm Wentworth. All right. Here's the issue that was going is going to happen. 
the rescue attempt's going to fail. Somehow, some way, they're going to get pushed back, or somehow, some way, Claire is going to think that Jamie has died, one way or the other. I don't know how it's going to happen, but she's going to think, oh my god, Jamie's dead, or the rescue attempt fails. So now she's stuck between a rock and a hot place. She, she, she's got to go back to Dougal. She told him that she's going to marry him. But... She's got one ace up her sleeve. You want to know what the ace is? Do tell. Going back to Craig Nadoon. F Dougal. F Scotland if Jamie ain't around. I don't really care about Lally Brock enough. I told him to go make potatoes. They're going to do their own thing. That's fine. But I'm going back to Craig Nadoon. I'm going back to Frank. I'm going to go dance with those druids. Yep. I'm going back to Frank because all of this sucks without Jamie. And Jamie's the only reason why I'm sticking around here. So she's going back to Frank at the end. I think that's going to be the final scene of episode uh, of uh, season one. Her going back to Craig Nadoon and being in being in um, 1945 with Frank. Interesting. <clears throat> oh, I got the interesting out of that. You're going to get the interesting every time. Oh my word! I can't properly respond. Oh my god! I can, however, say that it's time to close the show. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Well, that's the show, guys. And as a reminder, Outlander Cast is brought to you, as always, by the Tag Your It Etsy shop. From Outlander-inspired necklaces and rings to custom designs for a birthday, anniversary, or any occasion, every piece is created by Don, the owner, one letter at a time. And it's also one of a kind. Please take the time to visit Don at www.tagyourit.biz. That's B-I-Z. Tell her Mary and Blake send you and use the coupon code OUTLANDERCAST15 for 15% off your purchase. And as always, tag your mama. Tag your pet. Tag your it. Whatever. Whatever it is. Don't forget to make sure that you let us know your reaction so that you can possibly win the $20 gift card to tag your it Etsy shop. Okay? So the way that you do that is you need to make sure that you respond after the show to one of our social media handles, actually our Twitter handle. Our social media handles are all the same. Whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, it's OutlanderCast. And our website is OutlanderCast.com. You can see the Miriam Blake store. You can send us an email from there. You can get our listener hotline. You can find us on iTunes there. You can even donate to us so that we can afford to podcast for you. Everything is at OutlanderCast.com. Can I I say my Gmail thing? Go for it. You can reach us at OutlanderCast at Gmail. Dot com. All right. So hopefully I'll go into labor this week. We are planning <laughs> on having the next week's show for you, but I am like really 40 weeks pregnant. So if we are a little late, I apologize. So we're not going to do an episode from the hospital? Um, I'm not Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're not expressing breast milk on the side of a, of, I, of a trail? I will be gladly eating hospital food sitting on a donut. Um, and who knows if I give birth tomorrow, then I'll be home by Saturday so I can record another Outlander cast episode. <laughs> so much I love you guys and how much I love Outlander. So once again, you I'm- know, it, it was actually funny. I told her last night, I said, listen, we got to get, we got to get through today and we got to get through tomorrow so we can record that way. We got all week to recover. Get home, get the baby all set. So that way, this on, was really what he said to on me. On Sunday like, night, we're good. He said, "You need to just wait. You can't have this baby yet." And I said, <laughs> "Okay, I'll tell this baby that it all comes down to Outlander. Yeah. So I need to have this baby during the week 
just so we can watch the show and podcast. And to be honest, it makes me really happy. So I hope I do have this baby, A, because I really need to have this baby, <laughs> but B, so we can be with you next week. I'll talk to you guys soon. I'm Mary. My name's Blake. And you've been listening to Outlander Cast. <laughs>